John Gill, the ACFE's Vice President of Education, will be talking with Ryan Homa, a convicted fraudster who stole nearly $1.3 million from his employer over the course of more than three years. It, it doesn't take any courage to steal, but it takes a lot of courage to stand in front of a room full of people and say, yes, I'm a thief and I did something wrong. So anyone who's willing to come up here and sit here and do that gets a lot of respect from me because I have done a lot of these interviews and every time I do, I learn so much about human beings and why they do the things that they do. And I think only by talking to people that are willing to share with us what was going through their mind, that that's the only way that we can understand how to prevent it and how to put the controls and the training in place to stop it. So Ryan, I thank you for coming. I met Ryan in prison. Well, Ryan was in prison, I was in Austin. Let me just <laughs> clear that up right, right away. I had been corresponding with Nathan Mueller, who uh, had spoken for us at another conference, and he was a friend of Ryan's, and he said, hey, you also need to talk to Ryan. So we had been emailing back and forth, and when he got out of prison, I flew to Green Bay, Wisconsin, and we did an interview. He is one of the most honest fraudsters that I have interviewed. He was, he was very straightforward, and I really appreciate that, because so many of them spend most of the time explaining, well, yes, I did it, but, and then there's a long litany of, you know, why it really wasn't their fault. But uh, Ryan, I think, is very honest when he says, well, here are the things that are going on. So let's get right into that. The fraud that he committed, he was working as the chief accountant for a $60 million a year manufacturing company. And over three and a half years, he stole just under $1.3 million. He ultimately pleaded guilty, and he did serve about 22 months in federal prison. A little bit about your background. You're from, you lived in Green Bay. He was an accountant, CPA. So we started to work at the manufacturing company. You were basically their accounting department. Is that correct? Yes. There, there were uh, two other people that worked in accounts payable. One person worked in payroll. One person worked in accounts receivable. And I was essentially the accountant that took care of the day-to-day -day operations, uh, month-end close, quarterly close, year-end close, and I was the, li the liaison between the company and the bank and the creditors. So how long had you been there when you committed the fraud? Five months. Okay. So what gave you the idea? What, what, where did you see the opportunity to do this? Originally, when I was working there, I was doing my best to, uh, you know, be a, good, be a good accountant, be a good employee. And I was doing a month-end reconciliation. And I noticed that we had a check that was made out in the system was made out to gibberish. I mean, there wasn't even a word. It was just letters on a check. And I thought that looked really weird. And I had requested a copy of the check from the bank. And when I got that, I went and found the paperwork in our file for the check. And what it turned out to be was that we had cut a legitimate check to one of our legitimate vendors. They had deposited it. It had cleared our bank with no problems. But the information that was in our system did not match the actual physical check. And my first task was, why is this? Why aren't these matching? And I went to my computer and I started playing around and I discovered that there was a flaw in our accounting software. That uh, when you went to cut a check, whether it was a accounts payable batch, payroll batch, or just an on-demand check, I mean, you would create the check and the program would say, would you like to print? And you'd of course say yes and the check would print out. And then a prompt would come up and it would say, did the check print properly? And everyone just automatically hit yes. 
Well, I found out that if you hit no there, it brought you back to the previous screen and you could manipulate the check that you've already printed. Then after you manipulated the check or accidentally manipulated the check, you would hit save again and then post. So what I discovered was that you could create a completely legitimate check and then change the information in the computer to say something else. With that information, I promise you, I did not just immediately start rifling off checks to myself. Being the good employee at the time, I went to our IT people and I said, hey, I have a problem, look at this. And everyone just kind of looked at me and went, yeah, so? And I said, no, I said, if we ever get audited or anyone ever comes in to ask about stuff, the information always kinds of needs to match. It's kind of an important thing in accounting. And the IT manager said, well, we can probably have them fix it, but it's gonna cost money. I said, we'll find out how much. I said, once we find that out, we'll go talk to the owners. So a day later he comes back to me and he says, yep, they can fix the problem for like $3,000. So we go to the owners, I explain the issue with the owners, I explain what I was able to do, and they said, well, you know how to fix this, right? I said, no, I can't fix it. I said, IT has to fix it, $3,000. They said, oh, but if this happens again, you can explain it to somebody. I said, yeah, I guess. They said, well, we'd rather have that than $3,000 of money out the door, so we'll just leave it as is. I went, okay. Uh, no harm, no foul, away I went. At this time, like I said, this is probably about three months into my tenure with the company. In hindsight, I discovered that I, w I was not a good fit with this company. To be honest, I didn't, like, I didn't like a lot of the people I was working with. I didn't like the overall atmosphere of the company. And again, not to say anything bad about the company, just I wasn't fitting in well there. But I had built up in my mind that, man, this is a really good company to work for. Financially, benefits, they did really take care of their employees. There were just a lot of things that I was seeing behind closed doors that I saw as a little, little two-faced. It started getting the, uh, woe is me, that man, they're really doing this nice things to these other people, and I just keep getting yelled at every day. So, I mean, there, there was a lot of self-sabotage. You know, I, I, was I was convincing myself that I was being taken advantage of. And uh, it reached a point where I felt it was my turn. I know this week you hear a lot of terms, fraudster, uh, misappropriation of funds, but I, our former uh, recipient of the award said it perfectly. I, I made my decisions based on greed. I can give you five, six, seventeen, hundred reasons why I decided to use greed as that motivation, but it was greed and it was self-serving. By no means am I any of these special terms like fraudster or uh, embezzler. I mean, I'm just a straight up thief. I, I took money that did not belong to me. What was the impetus for, for taking or making the first check? Well, the first check was, was my own stupidity uh, in multiple facets. I had uh, reconciled my own banking account at home, and I realized that I had spent our mortgage money on other things. It uh, wasn't anything fun like a jet ski or that, but just kind of did a, a screw up, and we spent more money than we had, and the mortgage check was due. Boom, I know how I can get some money. I'll just, I'll just you know, I'll take this, and I'll, I'll put it back next month. We all know how that goes. And the, the craziest thing is, is that, like I said, even though I didn't overall agree and like working there, they were very generous to their employees. Had I gone to the, either one of the owners or even the general manager and said, hey, I messed up, is there any way I can borrow money for a month or two to make my mortgage payment? They would have said, well, go talk to the accountant, you know, <laughs> get a check and, you know, set up a payment plan. And I mean, it would have been easy peasy, lemon squeezy would have been done and uh, I probably wouldn't have been sitting here in front of all of you today. Obviously, they didn't elect to spend the $3,000 to fix the, the, the giant hole here, but uh, were there any controls of any kind that were in place at the organization? I would say overall, we had very minor controls. You know, we had an outside CPA firm. 
There were reports I was supposed to give to various executives throughout the month. Month-end financials give straight to the owners. But A, I was in control of the controls. And B, some of the reports I was giving to some of the employees that worked there, general manager, assistant general manager, to be honest, I'm not sure they even knew what the reports were for. Uh, and if anyone were to come into my office and to start asking any specific questions on anything to do with accounting, I probably would have A, laughed, or B, had a heart attack because I don't think these people had the proper background and knowledge. You know, they were manufacturing people. They knew how to make stuff and they made some of the coolest stuff in the world. But when it came to accounting for the numbers that went around with that, I'll be honest, I just don't think they had the knowledge to question anything. Then with our CPA firm, the company I worked for was extremely successful. I mean, and probably one of the leading companies in the Green Bay area. That they they were kind of the, the, the big dog on the porch. They got to pretty much tell the CPA firm, here's what we're gonna allow you to do on our reviewed financials. They kind of had their pick of banks in the area of who was gonna lend them money. And if any of the banks were ever to push back, well, you know, we'd, really, we'd really like to see audited financials, not reviewed financials. They kind of had the attitude, well, we'll just have to find us a bank that is gonna be happy with reviewed financials. So again, there, there were controls in place, but at best, they were glanced at, and the people that were in charge of the controls, A, one was the thief, and the other people just kind of were just going with the status quo, like, oh, everything looks good, let's just keep moving forward. In the first six months, how many checks do you think you cut and for how much? Just to give us a The a first sense. six months I worked there, the first six months I was stealing. Uh, the first six months after you started uh, writing the checks to yourself? Overall, not many. One a week, one every two weeks. They were always kind of weird, small amounts. I would kind of look in the system and kind of see like, hey, we cut a check for X number of dollars to this vendor. I would make the check close to that amount so it would kind of get lost in the shuffle. But as, uh, as time went on, the, uh, the checks got more frequent and the checks got to be uh, greater amounts. And then it kind of almost became routine where I cut my checks based off when we were doing accounts payable runs. So I could kind of slide the checks into larger batches. I got complacent and I got extremely lazy. And I think for the last two, two and a half years I was there, I made every check out for $9,812.54. <laughs> and I've had the conversation with John, I will never, ever, ever forget that number as long as I live. Because when I got my report from the FBI, when they were charging me, there was like two pages and it was just $9,812.54. I mean, just one after another and it was just like, in, in its totality, not that I didn't know it was serious and not that I didn't know I was gonna go to prison and life was ruined, but it was just like, it was like, Wow, does that look bad? How did no one else see this? See, there's the first thing you can do when you get back to work on Monday. It's like go through your vendors and see if you see, you know, 30 checks all made out for the, for the same amount. So there you go. Were you ever worried that you were going to get caught? Every day. Every single day. Every time one of the owners walked in my office, it was, oop, here it is. There were three levels. The first level was, oh my God, oh my God, I hope, don't, I, hope I don't get caught. Level two was, I'm gonna get caught. And level three was, well, of course I'm gonna get caught, so why should I stop? Because they're gonna give me just as much prison time for 100 checks as they are for 50 checks. You, you convince yourself not to stop. And you see the benefits of the things around you as much as it's 
tearing you apart. One of the horror stories my ex-wife has is uh, one work week I slept six hours. She would wake up, go to the bathroom, and I would be playing video games at three o'clock in the morning, and she's like, don't you have to get up to go to work in two hours? Yeah, and she'd wake up two hours later, and I was still sitting there pounding Mountain Dew, drinking way too much alcohol, and playing video games, and showering and going to work. And then finally, Thursday, Friday, finally hit, and I think I you know, slept like four hours. And there was just, there, there, were, there were warning signs to me having an issue, but I don't think there were any real warning signs of what my specific issue was. The first aspect of my fraud, thievery, being a terrible person, was accidentally finding this little loophole in the computer system. The second aspect of my fraud was just 100% premeditated, this person should no longer be walking amongst good people in society. Because I sat there one day and I said, I can't do that anymore because it's too easy to get caught. But how can I do it where I don't get caught? Being the intuitive, smart guy that I am, I figured it out. The actually figuring out how to rip off the company the second time was sadly easier than how I did it the first time. And basically what I did was I took a Excel spreadsheet and I created boxes on it. I, I grafted it all out. And I took a sheet of paper and I took one of our uh, company checks and I scanned them together. So I could see where the information on our company checks would line up with this Excel spreadsheet. And over the course of a day, I lined up the Excel spreadsheet that I could just then type this information on this Excel spreadsheet, put the check in the printer, and it was gonna print off and it was gonna look perfect like one of our checks and nothing in our accounting software was ever gonna to be touched. I could then do whatever I wanted to our system, and I wasn't adjusting anything, I was just creating a check at that point. So then there was no report other than the check register that I had cut a check and did anything bad. You told me in a previous interview, it was you set up a shell company that was similar to the name of one of your real vendors. Yes, we had a financing company out of California called uh, Mac Funding and they had really good rates and we routine, routinely would use them to finance new equipment purchases. So I started up a company and I called it Mac Services. When I would then start cutting them checks, I would just make the checks out to Mac. I wouldn't say Mac Funding. And when I was cutting the checks to myself, I was cutting the checks to Mac. So if anyone were to ever question it, it would be like, oh yeah, that's our financing company out of California. And uh, if anyone would ever ask, well, can I see the amortization schedules? You know, there's a schedule and there's the check you cut. How come the numbers don't match? That would have been, you know, lie number 27 I would have told that day, but I'm fairly confident I would have at that time figured out something to say to get another day or two of freedom.